I'm ready to get to the gay songs. Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode 190 for the week of April 10th, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm here today with my co-host, Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. In this episode, we'll start our journey through the second semifinal with our special guest from Reality Blurred, Andy Denner. Hey, Andy. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here again, and thanks for having me on, uh, even as a as a Eurovision neophyte. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- yeah, that's a funny thing. I think this is your third time on the show, and the first time that we're actually talking about Eurovision qua Eurovision. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when we were scheduling this, you had mentioned that Norway's entry, Queen of Kings, had accidentally ended up on one of your playlists. How did that happen? I use Apple Music and um, because I'm all in on the Apple ecosystem. And like once a week, they do a little playlist of like songs we think you like. And so it's just, you know, using the algorithm to decide that he likes up-tempo poppy stuff. Let's throw something in his way. And so I was convinced that it was that algorithm. Um, It turns out it was actually the algorithm of my husband, Nick, who sent it to me via text months ago and thought I would like it. And so I added it and forgot where it went or came from. Now I'm just conflating um, Apple AI with the love of my life. And so um, we can process that later, I guess. I have also done the thing of adding a song to my playlist. And then weeks later, when it finally comes up going, how did this get there? It turns out it was me. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) The Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. There we go. Ronnie Pedersen, uh, a.k.a. Riley, is a 25-year-old singer, songwriter, and TikTok sensation who will represent Denmark at Eurovision with the song Breaking My Heart. While he has a large online fan base of over 11 million followers, Riley has also found success on the South Korean music charts. The song was selected through the Dansk Melody Grand Prix process, but the road was not smooth. Shortly after he was announced as an entrant, it was discovered that Riley had performed Breaking My Heart at a show in Seoul in late 2022, and the song was at risk for disqualification. Although allowed to compete, there were several technical problems at DMGP, including the voting app crashing and confusing voting and jury results. Despite this, Riley won, and he will be the first Danish contestant originally from the Faroe Islands. Breaking My Heart is written by Bard Bonsaxen, Hilda Stenmalm, Ronnie Pedersen, and Sivert Hjeltnes Hagtvet. Denmark last reached the grand final in 2019. Last year's entry, The Show by Reddy, finished 13th in the first semifinal. This was definitely one of my favorites. Maybe that's just because I have this kind of like uh, very pedestrian or or, uh, casual taste in music here, but it felt like the kind of singer who would do extremely well on American Idol um, and go all the way just on the strength of that younger fan base, but also those of us who appreciate the, the music in general. 
I am shocked to hear that he is 25 years old. I actually asked my husband as we were watching the music video of this, is there an age limit for entering and is it over 10? Um, so I was <laughs> definitely um, surprised there. Also, I did not know that he was from the Faroe Islands, which I have some reality TV connection to because I went and reported on Whale Wars uh, from the Faroe Islands for Playboy about 10 or 12 years ago. So I think the song itself, it's easy to listen to. There's no depth in the lyrics necessarily uh, or anything. I don't know what I would be looking for in general, um, but I just I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really catchy and, and entertaining. Yeah, I think that has been one of my favorite things this Eurovision season is people finding out what Riley's age is. I think I thought he was probably like late teens and then 25 right. was like, huh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, Ben, what, what do you think of this entry? Add me to the group of just like, he's he's 25. Clearly, he's just like slightly older than, than Greece's entry, who because like Greece's entry this year is 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's like the, the lower age limit. You have to be 16. But yeah, no, he is, he's 25. I like this one a lot. The song sounds like the first and second albums by the 1975, which I really enjoy. I just really like the contrast between how upbeat the music is, but the song is opening up with, do you remember how you said it'd be easier if I was dead? Feels like a good opener for the night. It sets a fun tone. Like the one area where I'm a little interested in this mostly just comes from watching the Madrid pre-party over the weekend is that the song is super falsetto-y and it may have just been the in-ear monitor slash audio situation happening in Madrid, but it feels like there's a lot of possibility for it to go off the rails vocally. I've noticed that like that just the songs that I've picked up from past Eurovisions, like occasionally, you know, we'll be watching back uh, like last year's performances or whatever. And the performance is like, woo, that's a really that's really pitchy. Um, This is the the extent of my knowledge of critiquing music comes entirely from Randy Jackson's single vocabulary word. Um, (laughs) But it's just like it's like so sometimes the recordings can be considerably better. But then also sometimes the performances can be considerably better than the recording. So I find that dynamic really interesting. Um as like sort of this pre-season and then actually getting into the performances themselves. There's a lot of vocal processing happening during the chorus and just seeing how they try and balance that between his live vocals and whatever's going on in the backing track at Eurovision should be interesting to watch. Because of that, maybe this song really, really reminded me from our dear beloved American Song Contest, the Grant Kenoki song, Mr. Independent. It's like highly processed, like, you know, cute young performer checking off all those boxes not wearing as much uh snm attire uh at least in the video version here so we'll see what happens i guess in the live performance i'm hoping that they do change up what the performance was at the danish final um i don't know if snm year is in the cards but who knows uh, <laughs> denmark sometimes likes to take chances but yeah like for me this song it reminded me a lot of this playlist that pop justice put out at the end of 2018 the best singles of that year and it's like 45 or 50 songs on that list and i feel like this one would slot in perfectly with that and it's like oh the before times i remember those it's just like (laughs) so bright and colorful and hopeful it was great the more i listen to this track the more i'm liking it It, it's kind of giving me a little bit of uh like troy savan plus lake malawi plus like malu preets and then you've got the whole Benjamin Button thing going on, which I think is fun. So <laughs> uh, I think it's also trying to tap into what Snap 
was doing, like calling out like a specific time of year in the lyrics. I think they're trying to take a page from Armenia's playbook, which I'm not objecting to. No, no, in terms of like longevity and actual chart impact, that was a very good choice. And if he's performing in South Korea, he's clearly K-pop adjacent and they do the business. Mm-hmm. I was also worried about the vocal distortion stuff because they had that like cranked to 12 during the national final. But I thought at the Madrid pre-party, they had a good balance, or maybe that was just like a happy accident with some of the sound <laughs> issues that was happening uh, at the show. It seemed like there are some good choices that have either been made or in the process of being made. Like, I, I like the toned down color palette, and uh, hopefully they get rid of this, like, spray paint thing at the end of the performance. But I'm, I'm hopeful for this one. I think it's a good kind of appetizer to kick off the semifinal. Good job, Denmark. How much do you guys think the actual performance during the semifinals affects the voting is it are people coming in especially at that stage really having a favorite or favorites and just voting for them or do you think a lot of people are meeting the songs for the first time so the decisions made in both the staging and the you know like the the processing or whatever or the backing track can really affect how well it does i think most people watching on the night like they are not obsessives the way that we are <laughs> so they are probably encountering it for the first time or they may have heard the song on the radio but haven't really sought it out beyond that i think staging can elevate a song i don't know ben can you think of anything where the staging has detracted from the song i'm not coming up with any immediate examples i think that there are times where the staging can distract from the song or sort of add too much to what the performer already needs to be doing by singing this live i'm just thinking of like ireland from a few years ago where they had like that massively overwrought staging where if they had just gone with something simpler i think it would have helped the song stand out although ireland's just had a tough few years Hmm. i don't think you can like actively detract but i think you can overburden yourself in the staging that makes sense and like i guess the sweet spot for me at least in being relatively new to this is like what serbia's entry was last year where it is kind of this perfect mix of the song is is good on its own and then the staging really enhances it and so does the audience participation part the people that are in the arena are are like your super fans who are so into this that they are they they have purchased tickets they are in the arena live they are ready to sing along with everything So you can really sort of see what songs feed off of that energy from the crowd. Interesting, yeah. Because again, just thinking about everybody in the arena last year, just clapping along with BT's drama. Yes, they yeah they knew it. They knew what they were supposed to do. It was they were ready. And no, we're not making predictions here necessarily, but I would not be surprised to see this song go very far, like you know, top ten or whatever. I think it. I think it has that kind of traction or that ability to have that traction. It certainly has the ability to qualify, which for Denmark would would be a great success after the last couple years. Mentally, whenever the distortion on the chorus comes on i just sort of render the lyrics in like the zalgo font yeah
Ellen Yaramian, who goes by the name Brunette, will perform the song Future Lover on behalf of Armenia. Brunette has been singing since the age of four, songwriting since she was 15, and released her first single Love the Way You Feel in 2019 when she was 18. She is also part of the girl group and Ajiknari. Future Lover is written by Brunette with a possible assist from Tumblr. We'll get back to that. Last year's entry from Armenia was the song Snap by Rosalind, while that song finished in 20th place. It became a worldwide hit and peaked at number 67 on the Billboard Hot 100. Andy, what did you think of this one? For me, this one, this kind of like haunting, sleepy, it was kind of immediately forgettable for me, but it also the kind of song I will expect to show up on an ABC drama that's canceled after six episodes used over the closing sequence montage where the writers were unable to come up with any kind of coherent emotional expressions from the characters. And so they just need some song to do it. And this one will be cheap enough to buy and they'll stick it in there. That's like, it felt to me like, I don't know, just like not, uh, there's not, not much to grab onto here. This one is my favorite of the semifinals. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, point counterpoints. We have a face off here. This is purely based on how I'm interpreting the lyrics and the story of the song, but I just think that this is a savage account of what self sabotage can be. I don't interpret Future Lover as a person she is hoping to meet, but rather like the anxiety based awfulizing, panicking, cascading thoughts that are tied up in the concept of should. Because it like starts with the really banal social media, live, laugh, love, unattributed quotes that kind of tie around you like a straitjacket as you try to project a facade that everything is fine, you know, like be good, do good, look good. And it turns into this kind of chaotic Zen cone that finally explodes in pure frustration that she can't even try to communicate in English anymore. Like, I, I just think it's just so brilliantly structured. And I think the haunting quality of it just really kind of like sneaks into your veins. It captures that sort of frustration so perfectly and it serves as a, like a reminder for myself that it's more work to pretend that everything is fine than to just accept that okay things aren't great and working through those issues there's just so much that i cling to on this track like I, i've listened to it dozens and dozens of times i absolutely love this song she did her first live performance at the madrid pre-party over the weekend that was what i was most worried about but i i think she delivered it fine and then armenia knows how to stage things so i am very excited to see what the final product of this is going to look like i am 100 thumbs up on this one like I, I i think it's fantastic well you and you've convinced me to at least listen to it a few more times and of course i'll see it on the shows when they come up i will be honest that like i don't know if i listen to the lyrics i mean i listen to them but i'm one of those people who sometimes can hear a song without hearing exactly what the lyrics are saying and then you know weeks or months later be like this song is about that so i appreciate what you said about the narrative arc of it i think maybe just that there's something about the sleepy hauntingness of the music and the vocals that just didn't have me immediately engaged with the lyrics but i appreciate your your argument for it and um it will it will make me give it a second chance instead of leaving the room when it comes on next time and i think that was also like what my first impression of it was because it was one of the last songs to be revealed this year we this is actually our first time talking about it on the show and this was not quite what i was expecting from armenia but yeah well it's like 10 weeks or so to eurovision like we'll give it some time and yeah it, it just managed to sink its hooks into me andy welcome to book club because i also am ready to read this song as a rich text although i think i'm coming <laughs> at like a slightly different angle from mike 
Uh, does either of you subscribe to Ryan Broderick's Garbage Day newsletter? Yes. Yes. That is really good at finding pockets of internet culture and discussing them. And in particular, lately, it has been finding the weird nuggets of TikTok. And like, like right now, it's just on like the whole flavored water TikTok thing that I'm sure will be like a completely different trend uh, two weeks from now, assuming that we have not banned the app. The repeated refrain of be good, do good, look good. I have no clue if this is the intent of the song, but just sort of reading it as sort of a response to influencer culture to me feels really interesting. You have that entire first verse, which admittedly, I hate the first minute of the song. The lyrics, someone has joked on on Twitter that those come from Tumblr, but like they could as easily come from like a Pinterest or somebody's like bland aesthetic Twitter thread. But then I love when the song just it feels like the sky cracks open. It's mm-hmm. it's like you're scrolling through this Twitter thread or this Pinterest board, and suddenly something from this person's alt account about how they really feel just has sort of like come through, and they're having like a full-on panic attack. I kept in- mishearing the I decide as I desire, like there's, there's a real sense of yearning to this. Mm-hmm. Feels like somebody accidentally posting from their private account or like, you know, just the Twitter algorithm breaking because the website is held together by duct tape at this point. (laughs) Uh, And then I took a look at the Armenian lyrics at the end and they really add into what we've been discussing. You're so far away from me, left alone, far, far away. You and I silenced my dream. We're lost far, far away. The future lover is not a person. It is this this concept. It, it is the it is the aesthetic of what you want the outside of your life to be, even though you are miserable inside. I appreciate your text reading here, and that and and both of you are making me think of it in different ways. And that that moment where the thunderstorm happens, basically, I was my favorite part of it. So maybe to kind of like merge all of this together, like sort of reading it as banal and dreary and uninteresting is kind of the point at the beginning. And so maybe I was sort of pulled exactly into the world that they want us to feel here with this with the lyrics at, at least at the beginning yeah what i think is also interesting is this is in the two spot which is traditionally considered terrible placement for a song and i don't know if it's a case of like this was just a really difficult semi-final to schedule just given the variety i mean the variety in the set that we're talking about today alone is kind of all over the map but I'm wondering if it kind of got lost on the producers as well, that they like had this sort of first impression be like, oh, yeah, just kind of this sleepy. It'll be in the two spot. It'll be fine. Like a good come down from Denmark. And then we'll get into the main part of the show. I think that is my one concern about this entry is that it needs to sneak up on people within the course of the show. And that might be too short of a time frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's working with a very early time slot across 16 entries. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm also, yeah, I'm trying to picture, like, what 30 seconds of this song do you clip for the montage during voting hours to really sell this is what this song was. Remember this. As a person who had, had to clip the audio for this track for this podcast, uh, yeah, finding a representative sample was just like, I'm just clipping the entire song and I can't just drop that in here. <laughs> so. right. Woe betide the person the night of the show who has to figure out which which video clip to put in the montage. Yeah. I think it's the Armenian delegation that gets to make that choice, but it's like, good luck. But I that that may be where, where the staging comes in. Like if there are so many big moments mm-hmm. in this song, they just have to pick the biggest of the big moments, probably. I'm glad we aren't in a complete fight after that, but um and I apologize if I've, you know, 
stepped on the on your favorite there with my horrible first reaction not the first time it has happened on this show (laughs) and it's just (laughs) and you roll with it because i mean your vision's a big tent this is why we love having guests over because like we sit with these songs for so many months and we're in real deep on this it's always refreshing to have somebody come in and go actually like there are definitely plenty of eurovision songs that the first time i heard it maybe because my husband was playing it at in somewhere in the house or you know the first time it was i saw it on the semifinals and then like the fifth time it was like oh i like this and now you know it's something i permanently listen to every time i go for a run like it's there's i know that that can happen too which is part of the fun of of this particular event whatever you want to call it like all of this Theodore Andre will represent Romania after winning Selexia Nationala with his song Dejete Off and On. Theodore is no stranger to reality singing competitions, having reached the semifinals of The Voice Kids Romania in 2017 and reaching the boot camp stage of X Factor Romania in 2020. He released his first album last year and received a singer-songwriter award for his track Artist. At Selexia Nationala, Dejete was selected by a combination of telephone and online voting, winning the ticket to Liverpool with a lead of just under 400 votes. Dejete is written by Luca Demezzo, Luca Stefan Udatsunu, Mikhail Jahed, and Theodore Octavian Andre. Last year, Romania reached the finals for the first time since 2017, thanks to Yamame by Urs, and reached 18th place. Ben, I have an uncomfortable question for you. Are straight people okay? Uh, (laughs) I mean, we haven't been for years and we certainly aren't now. But thank you for checking in. It's always nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so one of my favorite Eurovision Twitter people who also makes the very nice tea towels with all of the Eurovision results on them, Ellie, has done an annual post of the perfect place to listen to each of the year's Eurovision songs. And the way that they describe this year's song is that Cabaret is being done to you. Yeah. <laughs> the promo photos of him shooting his postcard where he's dressed like a magician are not helping. And this is trying to be sexy like six different ways at once, and it's just exhausting. So much is happening. Just so many ideas at once. The song is just like very standard like bluesy bar song and I have just no clue what to make of it. I feel like this is going to have the same everything happening all at once energy as San Marino is going to have later in the night Mm. but it's gonna be like way less fun. He's 18 and this is like a very 18 year old's way of going the song's sexy we gotta sell it. And like Mm. lots of people along the way have rubber stamped yes this is great and I'm concerned. Andy what do you think of this one? If y'all had told me that this was a clip from the story of Fire Saga Part 2 starring Paul Dano, I would have believed you because that's, I just thought it was like a character of his, but also not a really fully formed one, uh, which explains the 18-year-oldness of it all. 
It's interesting to hear you describe it as bluesy because I would have sort of said pseudo rock. I mean, maybe the lyrics were talking about the difference between the the lyrics and the the music itself. But I guess maybe to like point to a, a part in the video where the two shirtless guys tear his shirt off and he has make love, not war painted on his chest. But like you could see that the entire time. It's like that is supposed to be a moment, but it's not interesting because it, we already knew that that was there. So it's like that's how the whole song felt to me. Like, okay, I know what this is. I know what's coming. I got it. And can we move on? Yeah, I still have not figured out what I think about this one. I completely agree that there is just so much going on. And hopefully there's been some editing in terms of the ideas for what the final presentation will be. Also, like, I think this is just in a terrible position. Like, this is such a contrast with Armenia. It's going to be a major contrast with Estonia. I don't think necessarily in its favor. Romania was one of the countries that was implicated in last year's jury scandal. So maybe this is sort of a pseudo punishment in a way. I feel like as much as we talk about the two slot being bad, the three slot is secretly worse. It does feel very Eurovision-y, and it's just like, oh, yep, we're just going to throw everything at you right now. And it kind of underlines how there's reality show singers, singers who don't come from a reality show background, and then artists. And why voice contestants in America have not done anything beyond the voice for the most part. Like, they may release an album, but it's still like, oh, they're a voice contestant. It feels like Theodore is kind of of that ilk and is trying to break through, but there's just... Aside from all of the sex aspects of this, this really feels like very Taylor Hicksy to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> does he make you proud, a, Mike? I compliment. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my brain remember that that was the single? Can we just can we discuss that? But that's the thing. I mean, it's just like I think you're remembering the character rather than remembering the song, and it, it's just so performative and putting on a show. But it's just like, well, that's kind of what your vision is and can. So I feel like it's doing a lot of things right. I just don't think it's doing it in a way that people want it to. This one I find confounding. And like, if it qualifies, I think I'll be happy. If it doesn't qualify, I think I'll be happy. Like, I, I don't know what outcome I want from this entry. <laughs> okay, here here is a thought that occurs to me. I think what this needs to be is it needs to be campier because it's very serious mm. amidst all of the jiggle that is happening. There's so much. Yeah, that's that's interesting. One, and also thinking about the the reality TV show of it all, like I'm curious if The Voice Romania is anything like the U.S. The, the U.S. is cast based on the strength of the stories of the people. And even though the quote unquote voice part, you know, where they're not seeing them saying they're, they're just it's not based on appearance, but like only the people who show up there are ones who have compelling stories to keep them through. But it doesn't necessarily mean that their vocals or their abilities as an artist are going to carry them any further than, you know, that season on the show. So I don't know if he has like a, a strong reality TV persona. I don't think he has a strong uh, <laughs> stage persona here. It feels like pretending, which is why I felt like it was like Paul Dano, like pretending to be an 18 year old and like doing this kind of I'm angry at the world thing. It's certainly Eurovision shaped and it fits the bill that's three minutes. But yeah, like I'm just like, OK, sure. I don't know. I like that description of Eurovision shaped. Yes. I, that, I, th I think that really nails it on the head. It's Eurovision shaped, but is it good? Yeah. I guess we will we will see if it qualifies as anywhere. <laughs> it, it, it walks like a duck yeah. and it quacks <laughs> like a duck, but is it actually a duck? Well, let's see what's written on its back. There is always time to get back on track. Tearing down the wall slowly every step. Now I see myself building up a wall. 
Alika Milova is a singer and songwriter who will be representing Estonia with the song Bridges. Alika has a long history of music competitions, both festivals and TV shows, including New Wave Junior, The Baltic Voice, and her victory on Estonian Idol in 2021. That prize package included a record deal with Universal Music Group. As for Eurovision, Alika won the 2023 edition of Estilau, topping both the jury standings and the televote. Bridges is written by Alika Milova, Wouter Hardy, and Nina Sampermans. Estonia finished in 13th place in last year's contest with the song Hope by Stefan, a famous singer in Estonia. Mike, what do you make of this one? I think this one is also kind of Eurovision shaped, but I think Alika has a little bit more to back it up. Like she has stage presence, which I think goes a long way in selling this song. During the SDLL process, I described her as being one of the only acts who understood the assignment. A very solidly built song, very solidly delivered. But there's still that kind of reality show contestant vibe that she's giving off. So I think that's shaping things a little bit. So like, I I don't love that she's right after Romania. I think it's just going to still have that kind of aftertaste. Also, with the change in how points are being given in the semifinals, there's no longer a jury component and it's all televote. I think that's making it a little bit more difficult to predict how this one's going to do. Like if juries were still part of the semifinal, I think Estonia would be totally fine and would easily get into the final. I think she's going to deliver a good performance. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be memorable because I don't know if the song is all that memorable. It is pretty by the numbers. I like it. I like her. I I think she has a really good personality. And again, the stage presence can't be beat. By the numbers, felt that's a good way of thinking of it. My other thought that I had as I was watching and listening to it was that it kind of felt like a baby version of Sweden's entry last year. It's not quite where like a full anthemy ballad would be, but it's sort of it's got the right components. And I think, yeah, I think maybe she's more interesting than the song. I don't know what that does for her or for the performance. I thought the the video itself was great, although they certainly can't stage the show that way in the same way as the as the music video version. My main note on this one, because I didn't have a ton of notes on this one, because it, it, it it's very by the numbers, is this feels like it's something the jury would eat up like five years ago. Let's all come together. Let's build bridges. She sings the hell out of it, but it's just kind of a yawn song-wise. It's going to be really interesting with it being full televote. This first part of the second semifinal just kind of feels like a lot of whiplash between songs one, two, three, four, and continuing on to five and six. There's just a lot of different stuff getting thrown at the wall. I do not envy the person who had to figure out the running order for the second semifinal because there's just like a lot of stuff happening. It is very back and forth and very, um, yeah, I mean, like this kind of like break from the energy i guess and maybe the song doesn't have as much energy as it could somehow again she sings the hell out of it but the song itself it's like she's it's like song choice has failed her here i think this could be kind of a port in the storm for people who are tuning in on the night that aren't necessarily into eurovision like just like oh the eurovision is on i'm gonna watch it oh something that is straightforward and not particularly challenging finally i can just grab onto that and (laughs) recover from what i've seen prior to this like if they if they miss denmark at the start and then it's just like uh okay armenia's doing the armenia thing i don't know what romania was doing oh estonia thank you finally (laughs) so maybe that's where its strength is going to be i think if it does make it to the grand final do think the jury is going to reward this quite well, but just has to get there first. Um, as an aside, when you said, you know, the people who just 
stumble across this and turn on Eurovision, I was thinking in my head, like, who are those people? And then I had to remember that this is actually taking place in Europe on television versus in America, where only the obsessives who know what they're looking for and how to find it are going to be able to see it. So Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting to think about it as a show that like, just like, eh, nothing else is on. Like, let's flip over to the semifinals tonight or whatever that might be. Anything else on this one? (laughs) Unfortunately, no. no. (laughs) I'm just, I'm ready to get to the gay song. So (laughs) yeah. Steph Cares, who performs under the name Gustav, is a singer, songwriter, and producer, and will represent Belgium with the song Because of You. He released his first singles as a solo artist in 2000, but moved more towards songwriting, producing, and backing vocals for a good chunk of his career. This won't be Gustav's first trip to Eurovision, as he sang backup for Senec in 2018 and Hoover Phonic in 2021. Gustav won Eurosong, Belgium's first public selection process since 2014, and while he finished third in the jury vote and second in the televote, Gustav ultimately won the contest by a single point. Because of You is written by Gustav and Jouad Aloul. Jeremy Makize represented Belgium last year with the song Miss You and finished in 19th place. Like I alluded to, I think this is going to be played in gay clubs and become a sort of queer anthem immediately. And I don't know if it's going to last for years or decades, but it feels super right now in terms of at least like what's happening in the United States. And I know elsewhere around the world in places too of just this kind of fascist attack against gay people and the lyrics sort of directly speak to that of this, like, they'll never kill this fire. You know, remember when they tried to break us? Like, oh, I don't need to remember. It's happening right now. Um, and its name is Ron DeSantis and other, you know, dumb middle-aged white men trying to make themselves feel better. So the song itself, I think, is super fun. It's a great, catchy song. And then it also has this real strong political current pushing it and this kind of clubby beat. So all of those things, I think, really work well for it. And maybe it's just that I needed a new queer anthem in my life. But this one was definitely like my favorite, close to second favorite. This is at the very top of the list of the the six that we talked about today for me. Like the first thing in my notes is like, Mike, you have not heard my thoughts on this one because it came out when I was at Mystery Hunt in January. We've had this one for a while. We have been chatting about how there's been perhaps too much 80s nostalgia happening at Eurovision. It's felt like forever and we need to move on to the 90s. And hello, the 90s are here. I mean this next comment affectionately, but this... This is the sort of song that they would have taken this song and put it over like the montage from the first wives club of where they're like tearing down the one center and turning it into like using all the money (laughs) the big togetherness anthem my other note is that i have been very disappointed that he's wearing like a baseball hat in the music video just because we saw the the resplendent hat he was wearing at euro song and i like every time i see him the hat needs to be bigger yeah (laughs) well maybe maybe he's just holding back in the video uh and it's just going to be like a stage sized hat that (laughs) I, i i mean i I have joked that they put him in the lineup at this slot so that if they need extra time to get his hat off stage, they can just cut over to the green room. Yeah. (laughs) I 
do kind of love that he's just been fully a team with his backing singers throughout all this because like we've saw them at the pre-party the video makes use of them he's done his time in the trenches he knows what that's like and i kind of love that they're just sort of a unified force this just feels like a solid dependable choice for belgium they've got someone who has done eurovision before who's been here done that and this song is is solid coming after the last three things in the lineup it just feels like okay guys let's get the energy up yeah and it certainly does that well unfortunately we're doing that like right before cyprus which brings the mood right back down again but you know what it's peaks and valleys you know yeah so. <laughs> it's, peak, it's peaks and valleys and like i feel just like the up ness of the song will help kind of propel it towards the top of the night's scoreboard yeah this is one of the entries that i am most excited to see what the staging is going to be my hope is that it turns into a vogue battle similar to the things that you would see on Legendary, which is mm. like the, the voguing house competition series that is on HBO. And I, I think there has to be some elements, as it were, in there. Because, I mean, it, it's being directly referenced in the music video and in the video that is playing behind him in the various performances that he's done of the song. I've been trying to figure out why I'm much more receptive to this song than I was to I Am last year, because it does feel like it's kind of cut from the same cloth. And I'm thinking it is because of Gustav's personality and the fact that it's not so egocentric. Like it really is more about community and coming together instead of it just being like, I'm great, I'm fabulous. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I I think I've squared it off in my mind, but yeah, like we, we've moved from first person to second person. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Gustav, he's one of the people that I'm most looking forward to, like his media interactions during rehearsal week. I have to think they're going to talk to him in the green room. They will probably talk to him about his hats uh, yes. <laughs> in, in the green room. And I I think they are just going to be delightful. Like he just it, he just has this glowing personality about him that it's like oh I'm just curious to learn more. And like I remember during Hoover Phonics performance in 2021, like uh, him in the background, and yeah, there's just a charisma about him that just kind of catches you. I think this is one of the songs where it's helpful that it's 100% televote and there's no jury involved because I don't know if juries are necessarily going to go for this song, but I I can see this one being a crowd favorite. I do think it'll be interesting to see how they stage it because we watched the music video and then I think the national finals performance and that had considerably less energy behind it and just with the projections behind it it just felt like very it almost it felt like a just different almost not tonally but a little more muted somehow than the video version so I'm curious if they can bring more energy to the stage and like you said turning it into legendary would be perfect um, especially after HBO Max canceled that and has deprived us of more of it I would like them to push it further because the music video feels like it was cut directly from what was behind him during that one national performance it's him and his three backing singers like use those two other people you can have on stage to bring what's in the video to life on stage bring that into the camera angles do more than just another version of the same performance Every time the camera cuts to him in the green room, the hat needs to be larger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. They're going to have the same weight concerns as Lorene's display. Like, <laughs> I don't know if the stadium can hold it. So, <laughs> And then next year, there will be Eurovision rules about hat size. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Make, make them have to add a rule to the guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> you can't break a broken heart. Ooh, you can break it, 
closing things out today, Cypress. Cypress has gone abroad with their selection, choosing Australia's Andrew Lambrew to sing Break a Broken Heart. Andrew first gained notice in 2015, reaching the Judges' House's stage of X Factor Australia. He continued releasing covers of songs on social media and eventually scored a record contract in 2017. In 2022, Andrew competed in Australia Decides, where his song Electrify finished in seventh place. Later in the year, Andrew signed with Panic Records and was announced as Cypress's Eurovision rep. Break a Broken Heart is written by Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Joker Thornfelt, Marcus Winthrojohn, and Thomas Stengard. Last year, Cypress sent Andromaki with the song Ela, but its 12th place finish in the second semifinal kept the country out of the grand final. I think going from what I'm calling this like kind of queer anthem to this sort of aggressively, generically straight song, no offense to our straight friends, Ben and everyone else, um, but I felt like it just was kind of there mediocre not that interesting even the the title is very generic somehow not that because of you is super creative either but maybe the contrast of having them next to each other because i watch them and listen to them in this order each time but it just like seems kind of forgettable ultimately and will maybe disappear into the ether of the other performances and, and songs arms douze point uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like i think this is a really straight down the middle, over the plate, Swedish <laughs> entry. It's really reminding me a lot of the songs that Ukusaviste had in both 2020 and 2021. What I think is interesting is who else is in this semifinal. You've got Australia and Greece. So that's a lot of free points for Cyprus in this case. So there's not really much to hang on to with this song like it, it, it's just yeah i i think my main concern at this point is andrew's not doing any of the pre-parties which could be a budget issue since he is coming from australia he is capable of singing live in front of an audience because he did do australia decides last year electrify not as vocally challenging as this one uh so i think there was a reason why it kind of finished middle of the pack if he can pull off some of the vocal it's not even gymnastics but just some of the vocal efforts that are required for this song Mm -hmm. i think that's going to score some points in his favor but Mm. yeah ultimately it's fine it's but it's not it's not memorable Oh man, just the had like the intrusive thought of men would rather check with the Jimmies to see if they have any songs than go to therapy. This feels like a tier below my usual uh, Spotify playlist filler. I specifically have like Netflix reality dating show soundtrack fodder mm. on this of just this. This just says love is blind to me. Yeah, yeah. that's it's that if it's that aggressively generic. Uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, aggressively perfectly. generic talking about heartbreaks that we can like play it over the pensive person who's surprised that the person that they've only known for three weeks is different. Yeah. Well, you know, not three weeks, three days and talk yeah. through through a wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, man, I got through I got through one and a half episodes of that show when it first came out. And it was like, this is not for me. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good this is not cypress's best they're in a little bit of a rough patch they're like we're doing the thing we've done before we can't just send like our usual roster of people let's get someone who's signed for panic especially to represent us because they have some cypriot heritage but it also like just talking about the relationship between greece and cyprus it feels like greece is writing from like the same writing prompt but with like a better vantage point Mm. to me it's like they're both writing about heartbreak but like i'm way more into what greece is sending than what cyprus is sending but ultimately it's just kind of there it's a swedish team so that that may be also contributing to the problem where it's just like there, like there really is nothing cypriot 
about this, at least not what brand Cypress has been the last five contests. Props to them for going in a different direction, but the direction they've gone is just uh, checking what Sweden had left over from Melfest. There's no personality to that. Mm. Okay. Well, that was fun. Yeah, like, I'm I am out of stuff uh, on it. Cause no, no, yeah, no, per- no personality is a, a, <laughs> a good way to end that note. Congratulations. You, you, you made a song and it's, it's there. Andy, is there anything that you would like to point our listeners to? Not my CD single about my broken heart because that's just aggressively generic as well. So we'll let that go. We'll let that go. <laughs> Um, yeah, that is a joke, find, right? <laughs> yes, no, it is totally a joke. I, oh, I have right. done, I've done lots of singing on stage in improv shows, and I hope no one has ever taped one of those and put it on the internet because it doesn't belong there. It belongs happening once and then never again. You can find me on the internet. My two websites, not owned by billionaires who are screwing it up regularly, are just owned by me. So realityblurred.com is where I write about reality TV and unscripted entertainment and share all my thoughts and reviews and recommendations. And you can find all my other writing and stuff about me at andydennert.com. That's A-N-D-Y-D-E-H-N-A-R-T.com. So yeah, that's where I am. And then I'm also, I I guess like I am on a, a billionaire's platform on Instagram. So you can find me at Andy Dennert there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Yeah, it's been super fun. Thanks for having me and hearing my casual thoughts and and for helping me see some of these in a different way. And I'll I'll look forward to um, seeing how this contest unfolds and listening to y'all talk about it. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find show notes, our socials, and all the info you need about Eurovision 2023 on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content from the EuroWhat AV Club, head on over to patreon.com slash EuroWhat. Next time on the EuroWhat, we give the middle section of Semifinal 2 a listen with our special guest from Berkeley College of Music, Susan Rogers. 